Let's pray. God, we come to you in this moment recognizing that we need to hear from you. We need a word from you. Lord, we are uh, struggling trying to uh, follow hard after you. And there are times when we feel like we may have uh, varied from the path. And so, Lord, we need to hear your voice of affirmation and confirmation on today. So, Lord, I pray that you might anoint me, use me afresh for your glory, that in this moment people might hear your voice in your tenor and in your tone to the end that we might know, that we might understand, that we might see, but more importantly, that we might obey. So, God, have your way. And in this moment, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, listen, I need you to meet me in Luke chapter 24, Luke 24, uh, verses 13 through 21, uh, in that there's this story uh, that happens right after the resurrection of Jesus that I think hides for us a word that the Lord wants to speak to our hearts and to our minds and to our lives, even to our church on this day. So uh, come with me and meet me in the New Living Translation of Luke 24, beginning at verse 13. You should see it right up here. The Bible says that same day, the same Sunday that Jesus was resurrected, that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened from the crucifixion all the way up to this point. And the Bible says that as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped in their tracks. They stopped short. Sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there these last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped that he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Listen, uh, one of the biggest struggles in the Christian life, uh, what it means to be a Jesus follower, is that anxiety that builds up that comes from feeling like those times that we might have missed God. I know you've been there. If you haven't, keep on living, keep on following Jesus. The, the, this, the whole problem with walking by faith and not by sight, it means that God doesn't give turn-by-turn, Google Map, Siri, talk to me kind of instructions and directions. There are times when we follow after Him, but we're following by faith, not because we necessarily know where we're going, how this is going to work out, what this means, or even where this is going to end up. The struggle with God not speaking audibly in an audible voice to some of us means that we're going to often struggle with knowing and recognizing whether or not we have followed his instructions, whether or not we have operated in appropriate timing, uh, whether we have responded correctly to the Lord's prompting. There are going to be times when it feels like, did I really hear him? Did I miss him? Did something happen? Uh, and, and those feelings will come because we won't always see things seeming to work out. We won't see whether or not the door has opened right. The, the, the automatic reaction is going to be, 
either I missed it or God missed it. Something doesn't look right. Something isn't feeling right. I'm not sure if I heard God. I'm not sure if I'm doing what I need to do. I'm not sure. Did I understand his instructions? Uh, and, and what makes this internal and spiritual struggle even worse is it's not that we didn't believe him, right? We we thought we heard him. We 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 uh, we're doing the best we can with the information that we got. And it's not like we didn't trust God or we didn't believe God. Uh, it, it's, it's not like we disobeyed him or ignored him, or it's not that we're not seeking to be led by God. Yet, when things don't work out, when I don't see the success, when I don't see the power and the intervention of God manifesting on my behalf in this direction that I feel like I have followed God in, the, 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 that's, it feels wrong. And many of us, uh, let's be honest, have grown past the point that we, we are no longer longer blaming God, but that only the only option left then is that somebody must have messed up and it must be me. It, it's, it, it's not that I disbelieved God, but maybe I misbelieved. D did I miss him? Did I misunderstand him? Did I, did I misfollow him? Uh, and we see that struggle in this passage that describes the impact of Jesus's resurrection on the people that followed him. We, we see the story of these two Jesus followers. One is named, Cleopas is named. There's another who is not named, uh, who were traveling from Jerusalem to nearby Emmaus, which is to the northwest of Jerusalem, on that Sunday that Jesus got up from the grave. In this passage, in Luke 24, we see a description of the impact that Jesus's death and crucifixion had on those that followed him. Uh, we see the story of Cleopas and another disciple, another follower of Jesus, who were traveling from Jerusalem to nearby Emmaus, which is to the northwest of Jerusalem, on the Sunday that Jesus got up from the grave. Now, th these two are followers of Jesus. Cleopas may have been married to Mary, uh, who was one of the women who went to the grave that morning. This, this may be the couple that Jesus had asked for the use of their upper room for his last supper. Uh, this is the couple that may have had a son by the name of John Mark, who later on would go on to write the Gospel of Mark. This is the same couple who had, uh, uh, Cleopas is the same one who had a brother-in-law uh, by the name of Barnabas who would uh, show up majorly in the book of Acts. The, these were not fly-by individuals. These weren't just church members. These were followers of Jesus. These were those that, that trusted Jesus with their lives and that Jesus, Jesus trusted with his. Uh, and yet these two, th this Cleopas and, and this companion, this other disciple that he's traveling with, they, they are in the midst of a faith struggle that Luke lets us look in on. Uh, this faith struggle that had settled on Jesus' followers in the days following his crucifixion. Because let's be honest, Jesus' crucifixion had messed them up. It had jacked them up. They, 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 they had put so much faith in where this was going, and then Jesus is crucified. We, we see in the explanation of the circumstances that these two shared uh, with their fellow 
capital T traveler, that, that their faith had been shaken, their, their, their spiritual sightedness was suffering, their, their expectations had been shattered, and they weren't sure what to think or what to believe or what to feel or what to do. They, they were struggling with, here it is, how do you and I handle it when we thought what God was doing is not working out like we thought? What if they had put all their eggs in this basket, but they missed it? Surely something was missing. It wasn't like Jesus wasn't who he said he was, and yet it didn't work out. There's no evidence that there's no results that line up with my expectations of what God was going to do. We, we, we see the dilemma right there in verse 21. Uh, as, as Jesus asked the question, he shows up, he starts walking with these two. They don't know it's Jesus. He asked, what things are you talking about? And they launch into it. They say, he, this Jesus was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all of the people. But our leading priests and the other religious leaders hands him over to the Romans to be condemned to death. They crucified him. And here it is in verse 21, they said, we had hoped that he was the Messiah who was going to come and rescue Israel. Yet we, we see the dilemma in their dashed expectations. They say we had hoped. That verb means to look forward with confidence to something that would happen. Uh, but the way in which that verb is used means that, that their hope was a continuous action in the past. They had been hoping from the beginning. They, they were constantly looking forward to and expecting that, this, that he was going to be the Messiah. But, but the fact that they use this verb the way that they, we had hoped implies that their hopes were dashed, that they were no longer hoping for this. Uh, Jesus' death had put an end to that expectation. They, they had expected that he was going to come and liberate them from the, the Romans, from their oppressors. They, they, they saw the inauguration of the kingdom of God as political, but not necessarily spiritual. And so their hopes were dashed by his death. But then you also see their disappointment in the way that the things that happened. They, they were expressing their disappointment in the turn of events because we had hoped that he was going to do all of this. He had come into Jerusalem uh, announcing himself as the Messiah. There was a parade just the Sunday before. And now we find ourselves a week later with our Savior dead, crucified at the hands of the Romans. That, that Their dilemma was that what they had expected, what they were looking forward to, what they were hoping for was not lining up with current events. Uh, but that happens because of their distraction. Notice what happened. Notice, notice what they could not see. In verse 16, the Bible says that Jesus shows up. He's walking alongside them. But the verse says, verse 16 says, God kept them from recognizing Jesus. The, 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 the word literally means they were held, they were prevented, that they were kept from recognizing him. It, it, was, a, it was an action by God. It, it's, it's, it's called in exegetical terms, and hermeneutical terms, it's called a divine passive. God was the one that kept them from being able to see Jesus for who he was. Uh, they were distracted from seeing Jesus by the action of God. 
uh, sometimes we find ourselves feeling like we miss God, but it's not like we miss God. There's some stuff God won't let us see. That there's some stuff that God is keeping us from seeing uh, about what's happening around us, probably because he's protecting us, but also because he's working towards something. So when you and I get in those places where we feel like we miss God, we have to ask the question, look, Lord, what is it that you didn't want me to see? I'm distracted from seeing how this is working out, but maybe it's because you're behind it. Uh, see, th their disappointment with how things had played out distracted them from seeing what was obvious, not just in Jesus, but even look at their explanation to Jesus, not knowing it was him, of what was happening. Look what happens in verse 19. Jesus says, what things? What things have happened? The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said he was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our religious leaders, our leading priests, handed him over to be condemned to death. They crucified him. And we had hoped that he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men, some other disciples ran out to see and sure enough, his body was gone just as the women had said. Now, hold up. Wait just a second. Did, did you see what I just saw, but they did not see? <laughs> they just reported all of this evidence of how they could view things, and yet they were missing the obvious. They were distracted from the obvious. They had just reported that the, the, the things that were necessary to happen for the Messiah to happen. They just reported that the women had gone to the tomb and were told by angels that Jesus was alive. Some other disciples ran out and verified that the body was gone, just like the women had said. The evidence was right in front of them, which means uh, when we find ourselves feeling like we miss God, it means we need to go back and review the evidence again. Review the evidence with fresh eyes. Uh, sometimes we, we, we we're too uh, in the forest to notice the trees. Sometimes we're too in the trees to notice the forest. And we need God to give us fresh eyes. It, it kind of reminds me reminds me of that story of Elisha the prophet having to pray in 2 Kings 6 and 15, Lord, open his eyes that he can see. Give, give him a different understanding. Give him a, the, the fresh eyes to look at this from a different way. Uh, review the evidence with spiritual eyes. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2 and 14 says that some things can only be spiritually discerned. Sometimes we're looking at them with our with the naked eye and with the eye of the flesh and not with spiritual eyes of the things that are right in front of us. There is evidence of what God is doing, but we have to see it with spiritual eyes. Not only that, but we have to see and review the evidence again with a faith perspective. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18 talks about having a long-term view and a faith view and a faith perspective on where things are in the here and now. It, it talks about not looking at the things that can be seen with the natural eye, but the things that can only be seen with the eye of faith. It, sometimes we need to go back and review the evidence that, that God is working. We just can't see it because 
because we're too close to it. We're distracted by other things that are telling us something that the evidence right in front of us, the spiritual evidence is pointing to something completely different. Not only that, but notice that they were distracted from who's right there with them. Verse 15 says Jesus is walking with them at that moment. But we get so distracted by all the stuff that's going on that we feel like we missed him. But notice he's right there. Uh, but not, not only notice their dilemma, not only notice their distraction, but notice their discovery. Look what happens in verse 25 of Luke 24. Jesus says to them, you foolish dudes. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Notice this. <laughs> the, the, he says, he says uh, wasn't it predicted? Wasn't it clearly predicted? The, the New American Standard uh, uh, translates verse 26 like this. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter his glory? Uh, it, it, that, that whole idea of it being necessary is repeated when Jesus talks again in Luke 24 and verse 46. He says, it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. Uh, it, it's, it's this idea of divine necessity that Jesus emphasized. Don't, don't miss this. Don't miss what they had to discover. Jesus said... It was necessary. The things that you're tripping over, the things that you're disappointed by, the things that dashed your expectations, the things that make you think that you missed out on something, something that your hopes were dashed because it didn't turn out that way. Jesus says you're missing the fact that it was necessary. Uh, okay, the, the, the Message Bible uh, transliterates verse 26 like this. Jesus says, don't you see that these things had to happen it had to happen this way jesus explained that for god's eternal purposes and based upon god's omniscient plan to come to pass the things that they were mad about that made them feel like they missed god these things had to happen it had to happen this way god is up to something he's got something cooking and simmering you're disappointed because it didn't work out your way but god says these things had to happen this way his plan is too wise and he is too omniscient for us to have missed something in our spirit in our fleshness in our humanity it, it we may feel like we missed something but god is too god for our humanity to mess up what he ultimately and 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 omnisciently has planned god is working the long game we didn't miss him because we know all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purposes. That's what Paul says in Romans 8:28. These things had to happen. It had to work out this way. You didn't miss it. You didn't miss the timing. You, you didn't misunderstand God. Uh, you, you didn't mishear or misread what God was saying. You didn't misfollow God. It, you need to know, and I need to know, I'm talking to myself right now. We need to know that these things had to happen this way because it's necessary. God, God has a plan. God is working something. So don't trip out. Don't, don't beat yourself up. Don't feel unspiritual. Don't feel like God, God uh, cheated you in any way. 
it, these things had to happen this way. We didn't miss him. We're smack dab in the middle of the omniscient plan of God, working and manifesting it out, and he's bringing all the necessary steps to bear, and even though it feels like we messed up, God did not. Which reminds me of one of my favorite memes that I keep bringing up every time I get in situations that my plan is never God's plan. That, that, that he has a way that he's working and, and even though it feels like we, we've missed him or, or our faith is being tested, we need to know and understand that that's the best time to start shouting because God is producing something. The, the, this long game that he's playing is working out for our good and for his glory to be manifested in our lives. You didn't miss him. You're right smack dab in the middle of what God wanted to do for this time and for this season. Can I pray? Father, we thank you so much for the long game that you play. Thank you for how you work all things together for our good, for your glory. I thank you, God, that you are, uh, we, we are being guided by your hand. And even though we may not see things working out the way that we had hoped they would, we know that it's necessary that these things had to happen this way in this sequence. So we didn't miss you, we didn't, we didn't disobey you. We're simply right in the middle of what you're doing to bring about your plan in and through and around our lives. So God, we take the stress off, we, we release the anxiety, and we trust your plan. Doesn't look like ours, but we trust you to bring us to the place and to the point where it all works together and you get the glory from us, in us, and through us for what it is you're up to in these circumstances that are happening the way that they're happening. You be glorified, you, you be magnified in our lives by this process. And we trust you, and we love you, and we appreciate you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You didn't miss it, these things had to happen.